Apostle Frederick Kaluluma Podcast Channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I was reading the book of Judges, but I also did a study on wisdom. Can you now ask them, what was Eve's favorite food to prepare? (laughs) Actually, (laughs) apparently the answer was ribs. It was ribs. That's her favorite food. Okay, let's... (laughs) You guys believe it was apples? Guys, who told you that fruit was an apple? People even go at Adam's apple as though like Adam got stuck when eating. (laughs) That's the problem with watching Snow White. seems very similar. Now today I want us to look at, we talked about expressions of power, right? So we made use of the Greek and the Hebrew and the reason we did that was because we're just trying to be fancy, right? Okay, of course not. The real reason was because the the words carried a certain richness and if it made us sound fancier that's just a benefit that we're not hoping for so there's core right in the hebrew which means great in ability and then we have iskus which is also talking about abilities right and then we have euporio which is referring to means and then we have exousia which is referring to authority. And then we have dunamis, which is referring to miracle. I thought you were going to say my middle name. And then we've... <laughs> I thought dunamis refers to Apostle uh, Fred's middle name. And then we've got kratos, which is referring to my son's name. And so I want us to look at a seventh one, which um, is quite interesting, really. I want us to look at charis, which is grace. I'll tell you this. <laughs> now, <laughs> the word charis, I think, is a very popular term. If you had to ask me in the new 
uh, perhaps contemporary believers. I've seen a lot of people who are named Karis, right? You guys have met a few people named Karis, right? It's not yet as popular as Zoe, but it's getting there. But definitely there are a lot of people named Grace, right? There. And it's a very popular term. I think there are so many sermons on grace. And usually when people think about grace, it's linked more to the unmerited favor side of grace. I think grace is usually linked more to the merciful side of God. Like, I'm so gracious that I forget your sins and the like. And that's the part that people are most acquainted with. But then there's another side of grace which has to do completely with power. Completely with power. And I want us just to see certain verses before I explain what grace is. Acts chapter number 4, verse 30. Now, Maybe let's start from 29, just for context. Here the disciples were praying because they had been threatened, right? And it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. You would wonder, where would the boldness come from? The next verse. By stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. In case you wanted to know, signs and wonders increase boldness let's continue and after they had prayed or when they had prayed the place they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and they spoke the word of god with boldness now the question is how did god answer this prayer you're gonna see it as we keep moving down the verses verse 32 the place was shaken, meaning there was a manifestation, right? It's like maybe we're having a meeting here and we say, power! And that side someone does a somersault. This side someone feels fire in their heart. This side someone feels a lake in their leg and all that kind of stuff. That's just the initial manifestation. There's more to it than that. Because it didn't just end with the place being shaken and all of them coming out feeling on top of the world. Something else happened. It says, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Look at the next verse. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. So what we see is that how the prayer was answered, the believers had one heart, one soul, and then we see that power increased. But then we also see something, grace increased. Such that this grace was referred to as great grace. And you can see from the context that this is not talking about um, forgiveness of sin. They were already forgiven. The greatest grace to forgive sin already manifested. But in this case, we see that something happened. There was, there was an ability to give witness of the resurrection. And this happened because great grace was upon them all. Now, grace 
in this context, I want you to understand this, is the capacity and the ability to put every other aspect of the power of God to work. So when a person increases in grace, you will notice that their influence will increase. You observe that their means will increase. You observe that the dunamis will increase. We observe that the kratos will increase. The manifestation of the exousia will increase. Because grace is that aspect of a person's life that when it increases, it's like they can easily pour out those things that God has placed in them. That's how grace works. It's that influence of the presence of God which causes a person to do extraordinary things. Grace is that ability to manifest the divine. The divine. Grace is that influence on a person's life which makes hard things easy. And it combines every aspect of the power of God. That's grace. Look at what the Bible says about the fullness of God, right? John chapter 1. For context, let's start from verse uh, 14. What's 14? The word became flesh, right? And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory of as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of what? Grace. Let's go on. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I want us to read this together. Verse 16. One, two, three, go. And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. Maybe give me from the King James. Give me from the King James. Somebody say glory to God. Okay, it's very similar. Now it says, of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. Now if you've noticed the way the scriptures go, have you noticed that glory increases? For example, we are transformed from one level of glory to another. Have you noticed that faith increases? Because we move from faith to faith, right? If you read Romans 1, 16, 17, and 18. Similarly, grace increases. God has given us. Now, the fullness of God is not finite. So meaning, if we've received of his fullness, it means there is no limit to the extent of grace that we can increase in. Because the fullness of God is not finite. It says of his fullness we have, have all we received and grace for grace. So today we're talking about grace. Grace. What it really means when you say it's by the grace of God. Sometimes I've realized because people don't understand grace, when you hear the term by the grace of God, that, that term is only used when things are wowed. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know, like as a pastor, you learn. One thing I've learned as a pastor is to pick up how people complain. <laughs> so sometimes if you ask them, 
how are you? And they answer, we are surviving by the grace of God. Then you just know. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild these ends. <laughs> and and, it, and, and now it may, it, may, it may sound like, no, pastor, are you trying to say that when there is little, it's not the grace of God? That's not my point. My point is, many of us only associate grace to the little. But we've not learned to think of the unlimitedness of grace. I don't know if you're getting my point. That's why every now and then we need to hear Tidjela by the grace of God. I don't know if you're hearing me. <laughs> Where somebody is out of an exam, the whole day they're just, <laughs> they're just playing gospel music. How was the exam? <sighs> it's just the grace of God. <laughs> Now, here is something that I've learned by revelation. Do you know that there is grace to endure? But do you know that there is also grace to enjoy? Let me show you. How come... <laughs> and each person has to have a taste of both. What does the Bible say in Hebrews chapter 12? Hebrews 12. Let's have verse 1 and 2. Let's have verse 2. It says, looking unto, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So God gave him grace to endure, but he was only enduring because there was joy that was set before him. Praise God. That's what I'm saying. The, the challenge is many people have associated grace only to the the hard moments. So if somebody says that exam is just by the grace of God, you even know it was the roughest exam they've ever written. So when you write an easy one, is it still not by the grace of God? Praise God. Let's just look at a few things. A few things I want us to understand about grace. Number one, grace is manifold. Grace is manifold. Turn to your neighbor and explain to them what manifold means. First Peter four verse ten. First Peter four verse ten. And oh, by the way, sometimes I get bashed. No, um, when preaching, they're using a lot of big words. I didn't come up with that word. It's in the Bible. <laughs> then here's the thing, I would rather quote it the way it is. You know why? Otherwise, you find when people are reading the Bible, they'll be skipping pages because they don't understand what the words mean. And sometimes people don't want to go to Google just to search the meaning of a word. And it says, 1 Peter 4 verse 10, And as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now you see why you need to know the meaning of the word manifold. Otherwise, you won't understand that verse. So ask the other neighbor what manifold means. What have you been told? <laughs> so grace, that's the first thing you must know. Grace is manifold. Okay, and I hope you've seen the spelling in case in your notebook. You had written Dalama Ford. So... <laughs> You even put like a dollar sign. So now, 
That's a false money and everything. For them, they've heard their word. Their word for them is grace is manifold. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's what they've heard, okay? So grace is manifold. In short, it is, it's multidimensional. It's multifaceted in nature. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're hearing me. It's, it's beyond, I'll, I'll use myself as an example, right? I'll use myself as an example. If somebody met me, um, ah, let me use this example. There is a shop near home that I went to, and it's one of the places that, uh, it's a butcher, it's one of the places that I buy from when I'm on my way home. And so sometimes, because I'm one of those people who, um, in certain aspects, is still sometimes practicing the gift of uh, waiting, so I call in advance and tell them what I should find. So that when I reach, it's out. out. You, imagine you've got many meetings. You, you don't really have that much time, right? Yeah. And so that's what I would do. I would call the owner and then the owner would call the person attending to us. So sometimes they even like bribe the staff in advance. Yeah. So now... <laughs> Now, last week was interesting. I went for like a very quick stop because it was a very busy day. And I just noticed the smile I was getting was a bit more from the attendant. Like it was, you can tell when, when something has changed. So I was thinking, is it the haircut? Is it the glory that's emanating? And stuff like that. And then, before I know it, um, as I'm walking out, I'm stopped and said, um, so I had a dream. So I'm thinking, okay, where is this heading? And so I then realized that the owner had now shared with the uh, attendant some photos of me praying for um, their boss uh, to be healed some years ago. So now I was no longer just a customer. I was now a man of God who can even interpret dreams. <laughs> it means that on one hand, if somebody only knows me as a customer, their interaction with me will be as a customer. But then the moment they got exposed that there was another side which was a man of God, let's just say it ended with me doing prayers by the bride. And then, <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point, and interpreting dreams and stuff like that. And then on the other hand, you find, let's say, somebody introduced and said, oh, you're uh, struggling with that assignment. He actually did that course. You find somebody's view is now, oh, so I can also ask them about that because they've now been exposed or oh, there's an educative side. I don't know if you're getting my point. Or perhaps if somebody else knew that I'm also an author, they'll be like, oh, so there's a writing side. Or if somebody knew I write music, oh, there's a musical side. So you find we usually relate with different people in different ways based on how they know us and based on the side of us that we expose to them. 
interestingly, with grace, grace is so manifold that there are sides. Do you know that there are certain aspects about yourself that you don't know yet? Do you know that there are certain aspects, even before we talk about grace increasing, there are certain aspects of the grace upon your life that you've never really seen. Sometimes because we've never really paid much attention. And sometimes because we don't pray into this area. There are times when I pray, and when I'm praying, I'm saying, God, introduce me to me. Peter says, is that what the Christ? Jesus says, you are Peter. I don't know if you are hearing me. He says, thou art the Christ. And he says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Who knows? You can find uh, Gideon on one hand sees himself as just the weakest guy who farms. And God says, mighty man of valor. And then if you notice, God didn't say, I'm now imparting on you the gift to be a mighty man of valor. God said, now go in this your might. Amen. Meaning, there was a side of himself that Gideon did not know. And so that's why I'm saying grace is manifold. It's multifaceted. It's, 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 it's not just one dimension. It's not just one expression. It's way bigger than you think. And there are certain aspects that can actually increase it. So first thing, grace is, mount, is manifold. Secondly, do you know that the abilities and skills that you seem to naturally possess are a manifestation of grace. They are a manifestation of grace. Let me show you from the scriptures. Let me show you from the scriptures. Go to the book of Exodus, chapter 31. Let's look at verse 1. They are a manifestation of grace. And that's why I believe one of the greatest things a person can do is learn themselves and learn to channel that aspect of themselves to their advantage. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bazalel, the son of Uri, the son of Har, of the tribe of Judah. Uh-huh. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Let's go. To design. Hey, God says, I've called him by name. This guy has got a calling. I know his name. Filled him with wisdom, understanding. I've put packages on him. What's the package for? To design. Isn't that interesting? He calls him by name. To do what? To design. Calls him by name to design artistic works. To work in gold, in silver, in bronze. Let's go on. In cutting jewels for setting. In carving wood. And to work in all manner of workmanship. Uh -huh. Let's go on. And I've appointed him with this other guy. And I've put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans. That they may make all that I have commanded you. These guys, according to the scriptures, had such grace. Maybe let me just say something here. Um, in the Greek, right? 
the word for gifts is charismata. And then the word for grace is charis. So you'll notice that gifts come from grace. They're, they're simply a manifestation of grace. Charismata comes from charis. And so what he's saying is these gifted artisans, there's something that I've placed in them and God had given them such grace that what Moses could command them, they could, they could, they could, they could make heaven on earth through art because there was such grace on them. Let me just show you another example. Go to Daniel chapter number one. Daniel chapter number one. The day I discovered certain things, I decided I wouldn't be graced in one area only. It was too small. <laughs> I, I realized I could have grace in more than one area. Daniel chapter one. And I want us to read verse 4 from the King James. Now the king asked for something and this is what he asked for. He said, children in whom there was no blemish but well favored. What's that? Grace. And skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science. Do you believe Daniel was a graced man? How did, he, how did the grace on his life manifest? He could understand science. And such as had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace. Ability. Whenever you see ability, what are we referring to? Grace. And whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So meaning what else did they have the grace for? They had grace to learn. They could easily be taught. These guys were from another, notice this, they are from a foreign land. They are brought to a place and said, look, we want smart people. These guys who there is grace on them such that we can teach them the tongue of the Chaldeans. It's like saying such that we're taking them, let's say, to China and we can teach them Chinese and they'll catch it quickly and all that kind of stuff. All that is grace. Let's go on. And the king appointed a daily provision. And then what happens? They did not defile themselves, right? But then I want us to see something. So these guys decided not to defile themselves because of some of the things that the king was doing. That also shows you that in terms of interacting with the grace of God, the grace of God will not just be important in you understanding the scriptures. The grace of God will also be important in you understanding the ways of the world. The grace of God can manifest in you understanding calculus. The grace of God can manifest in you understanding law. The grace of God can manifest in you. <laughs> and, and you know we need that. You know there is a, a law firm in the US. I've just forgotten the name. And they decided that for free or at a low cost they would help the Christian organizations and businesses that were being targeted by the LGBT movement. Because what happened is there are people, they know that, that, that business is owned completely by Christians. So even though I can get a cake anywhere else, I'll go there and I'll tell them to make something that's against their faith and if they don't do it, I'll sue them. So there's a law firm that said we'll be taking that up. 
And guess what? When they take it up, what do they do? They use their understanding of the law to favor the believers. So that shows that grace can manifest in those things as well. I don't know if somebody's getting me. Grace can manifest in inventions. It manifests in all these areas. Okay? And then uh, there are other people who you find the grace upon their life will manifest strongly in dunamis and you find there will be such healing miracles that will happen. Then you find there are others who perhaps will work in the medical field, right? Sometimes they will use power, sometimes it will be wisdom. Like, they will just know how to rightfully combine certain treatments and people are well. You find there are others who God might grace to such an extent that maybe they will end cancer with one tablet simply because of the grace of God upon their life. And you can find there are many, but they are fought. That's why we have to stand with them and preach this kind of stuff. And then here is something that we find interesting. Verse 17. Look at how God's grace manifested. And of these four children, have you noticed that the more we are dealing with this topic, the more you realize that power is not just take it and falling down. Power has got several expressions. It says, of these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. So there is grace even in the area of learning and wisdom. Well, there is just like, there is nothing a man can write. There is nothing, there is no formula a man can come up with. There are no lessons a man can conjure in his head. There is no exam a man can prepare that can knock you out. <laughs> If they hit you one punch and you go, ah, you say, okay, no, I'll come back. I'll come back for you. You also hit them back. Have you ever fought with an exam before? I think I was talking to the young adults yesterday and I was, I was stressing one aspect of school and I was explaining that there's a side of school that just needs serious confidence because have you ever, I, I told them, have you ever entered an exam? You look at the paper and you're like, what's this? But then, and there's an essay which is supposed to be six pages and you only have two points. And you say, come what may, one of us here. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone here. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you ever just made a decision in your heart that come what may, in this fight, one of us will be knocked out, the other one will stand. And you begin the aim of this essay <laughs> with my big words. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it says God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Let's continue. Notice, this grace manifested in such a way that the gentleman could be very scientific and very spiritual at the same time. And then at the end of the days that the king had said he would bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Now look at how grace manifested. Uh -huh. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, because remember their names were changed. That's still Meshach, Chadwick, and Abednego. Therefore stood they before the king. Uh -huh. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, 
Another version says that he examined them. So they were able to pass exams. Those were not exams by the Holy Ghost. They were exams by a worldly king and they were able to pass them. They were able to pass exams by a sadist. <laughs> and it says he found them ten times better. It wasn't just in the spirit. It manifested in the flesh. They were ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were all in his realm. Uh-huh. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. He moved on even to the next king. That means even in terms of work, there's a way Daniel would work such that he kept serving these people and they always wanted him. People fought him and fought him, but the grace was upon him. So that, that means that grace can manifest even just in the way someone handles matters of business. Grace can manifest even just in the way someone handles matters of the corporate space. All that is grace. Don't neglect the talents, the skills, the intelligence, the abilities that God gives you. That's all grace. I'll say that again. Don't neglect them. When you read Matthew chapter 25, we see the parable of the talents, right? We notice that one was given five, another was given two, another was given one. And it says each according to their ability. And the only way to increase was first to acknowledge what you've been given and to harness it and to handle it. And then the master came. Bef Here's the interesting thing. Before the master even came to apportion bigger things, the person within themselves had it within them to increase what the master had given them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I honor the grace on your life. Okay, let's get to some of our... Come on, tell another one, I honor the grace on your life. So everyone has within them abilities to manifest the divine. And these can manifest as skills. They can manifest as problem solving. How come, let's say the team decide, how come they're able to interpret sounds into music? Uh, it's great. For example, I can say, do 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 They've not given them sound. Are you honoring their grace? Give them sound. Give them sound. Do you, tell me when you have sound. Do you have sound? As in, do you have it? Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Those skills, don't look down on them. It's grace. And you know what's interesting? Let me just mention something. Uh, these abilities that God gives people, the challenge is sometimes, I'll say it in two ways, sometimes the world seems to honor it more than the church. That's why you find people who would have been, who would have led the whole world to Christ with one worship song are singing about them uh, shaking their backside. They would have led the whole world to Christ with one worship song. And they're getting paid for it. They're getting paid for it. A church musician releases an album, you want it for free. <laughs> that is wrong. 
And here's the thing. Satan, and here's one challenge that I've noticed. You find Satan looks at a person and Satan has interacted with the anointing before. Satan looks at a person and sees that person at level 20. That person sees themselves at level 5. And you find he attacks them at the level he sees them, not at the level they see themselves. And then you find they are not prepared for what he has against them. That's why he would attack babies. Why do you think he attacked Moses? Why do you think he wanted Moses dead? Why do you think he wanted Jesus dead? It's the same old tricks from Exodus being played again in the Matthews and the like. Let's continue. And so he wanted to corrupt the very thing that was meant to bless people. Spiritual gifts. I've talked about the abilities, talents, and the like, right? There is also grace that manifests in spiritual gifts. Look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. There's also grace that manifests in spiritual gifts. So I talked about talents, skills, abilities, and all that kind of stuff, but there's also grace that manifests in spiritual gifts. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Having then, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let them use them. Let us use them. What should you do with these gifts? If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor, you must prophesy. So if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Let's go on. That also shows you that when your faith increases, even the manifestation of the gifts increases. Now let's continue. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. You know what ministry there means? Serving. Serving. Serving is actually a spiritual gift. It's a manifestation of grace. And if serving, serve. Serve. Praise God. He who teaches in teaching. Let's continue. He who exhorts in exhortation. You know, that grace to just build people up. That grace to just encourage people. That grace to just ensure they are built. That's a gift. It's grace. And you know what's funny about it? Sometimes we look down on it. As in, you know, a lot will become more manifest the day you start acknowledging what's on your life. You can't always be the one, in the past I don't know what just happens. People always just come to open up to me. I don't even know why they like opening up. By now you should know why they like opening up. It's because you've got grace. It's because you've got grace to give counsel. You find when somebody else cancels them about that relationship, they'll go post, hey, these baboons who are shan shanoko. <laughs> but you, when you cancel them, you, when you cancel them, they'll be like, hey, I know wise people. Shan 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 shan. I don't know if somebody's hearing me. Haven't you noticed sometimes you, that person, you, I know I'm doing that one there. You can say the same things everyone else says. You, when you say it, ah, this level of wisdom. Family meetings, everyone has said the same point. People are arguing. You, when you say it, you know. Everyone goes like, you know. I've actually been thinking about the same thing. <laughs> and the thing about such grace is that it can even be used wrongly. It can be used wrongly. 
I was having a conversation with someone. I was asked why, or should I say, I was explaining why I don't let people vote when it comes to church positions. I said they can choose Barabbas. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you can find there's someone who's just got a grace to influence others, and they just say, "Guys, I know he stole from you. I know he murdered that one. I know he did that. I know he did that." And I know Jesus is the one who healed you, but we have chosen Barabbas. The whole crowd, Barabbas, Barabbas. No, have you noticed that even in the scriptures you see grace for influencers? Yes. Have you ever noticed Paul goes to a town, they start working miracles, and then these guys start shouting, hey, the goddess Diana, this, 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 this. And the whole town turned against them. And if you read from the scriptures, it's like there was commotion, and people didn't know why they were doing commotion. People were shouting. They didn't know why they were shouting. Why? Because an influential person spoke. Do you know that there are people who just naturally carry that grace to be influential? That's why you find here is a dress. That dress is so plain. There's nothing perhaps that's flashy about it. That person puts on that dress and takes a selfie. Everyone wants to buy it. What should they do? Start a business for dresses. I don't know if you're getting my point. <laughs> there are people who've just got grace to influence. But anyways, I was talking about spiritual gifts. He who gives. He who gives. There are others who the grace has manifested strongly in the area of giving. And it's interesting that one church was exhorted, all of them, to grow in this grace. Well, for them, there is no project that should go through without their name. There is no something that should go through without them just putting a something. It's grace. And then it says, and you've noticed something about them. They usually somehow have money. And their money doesn't seem to match up with their salary. It says, he who leads with diligence. There's grace to lead. Stop rejecting whenever they appoint a new class rep. What if you've just got grace to lead? There's grace to lead. Have you noticed where my face has changed? <laughs> it's a grace I had to grow into. And it says, he who shows mercy, and it says with cheerfulness. Meaning there are some whose grace is just to show mercy, to be the ones to go visit during a bereavement. I'm not saying we shouldn't all do that, we should all. But I'm just telling you, like for them, that's where their heart is. You find, for them, their heart is more with a person who's lost, a person who's broken. They just want to be there just for the sake of being there. They don't even need to know everything. You don't even need to explain to them. They're not like me who come and ask a million questions. No, they just want to be there for the sake of being there and just to furnish you with hugs. It's a grace for showing mercy. Praise God. And guess what? Do it with cheerfulness. Now, do you know why I started with this? Is there another one? No, I think it says never lag in. What's the next? What's verse 9? Let love be without hypocrisy. Body. Okay, I know this portion. Now, the reason why I shared the Romans 12 one, there's also the 1 Corinthians 12. The first Corinthians 12 will have its own special day. There's word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discernings of spirits, uh, gift of prophecy, speaking in diverse tongues, interpretation of tongues, uh, working of miracles, gifts of healings. Have I left out one? Faith, yes, special faith. Now, the reason why I quoted these is because there are certain aspects of these that sometimes people don't think are very spiritual, and yet they are. 
For example, do you know that administration is extremely spiritual? Can I show you from the scriptures? Let me show you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's more spiritual than people think. Somebody say glory. glory. Verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Uh huh. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps. Now let me tell you something about helps. Do you know what helps is? Helps is that special grace to aid in this context, in the context of the church, that special grace to aid service. For example, Elisha wanted to prophesy and what did they do? They, he asked for a musician. What happened? The musician helped. For us to be able to sit in order like this, People were welcomed, people were ushered, and all sorts of things happened. What, what's happening there? It's help. How many of you have, have been able to get certain things, maybe because there was an artistic illustration, maybe it was a song, it was a rap, it was a skit, and you find it helped you to understand the word better. That's all part of the church. It's very spiritual. Even the talk show is helps. But also the helps department is helps. Okay. <laughs> so let's go. It says helps what else administrations not just one administration administrations varieties of tongues now it says administrations that shows you administrations are very spiritual there are some people who because they've manifested the spiritual gifts administratively you're able to hear me right now of which if the only thing we all here could do was just speaking tongues and prophesy, of which we should all be able to do that. But if that's the only thing we could do, we wouldn't have an organized service right now. Yeah. You wouldn't know where to sit. <laughs> Somebody say glory. glory. It means if certain people were not settling the accounts of the church, we wouldn't have been able to pay for what we're paying for. Because it's one thing for the money to come in, it's another thing for it to be channeled to what it's supposed to channel for. Praise God. By the way, with the pledges, we are, I think, maybe 90 to 95% with regards to dominion. I had a dream. I didn't know if I wanted to share it, but... Okay, I'll keep the dream to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was I don't it was it was one of those dreams where the experience of it shook me in the sense that you know that song uh, authentic god uh, what are the next words <laughs> from Jamaica to Liberia right you know they can't really last. Now, it's one of those songs which I think if you're singing, you'll be like, I woke up, that's the first song I played, and I was, oh. 
Authentic Godo. <laughs> and I think the next song I sang was um, Blessing and honor and glory and power forever, forever. I've been seeking the path of wisdom throughout the week. There's a specific prayer point I, I made. I wrote down, it was one of those organized prayer points where you you'd write down your prayer points, you even add scriptures to support it. So I had written like a, a list of like four or five prayer points. And even those prayer points, you write them all praying. It was one of those. And then one night, I had this dream that wasn't stopping. Like I would wake up, sleep, it continues. And in that dream, I was taken to the biggest, maybe the earthly thing I can use to describe it is like, if you've watched like a bit of Marvel and the like, there's that aspect where maybe you're taken to another timeline, right? And then how that, if people make certain decisions in that timeline, everything else is affected. It was something like that. Except this time, I was taken to this, it's like a world, and in that world, uh, I would say it just the way it was. So it was a world in which I had never existed. <laughs> By the way, in the dream, I, I was very aware of what was happening. It was, for the first time, at least I was aware, so I could take notes. So now, I started interacting with different people. I won't mention your names. Mary kept all these things in her heart. <laughs> Some of you I'm looking at you now, others were strangers. And then what I was being shown in the dream is how their lives would have been if I was not here. Now, <laughs> now please note... There was something God was trying to show me. There's a person, for example, there's a person I met who is at a certain level now. But when I met them in the dream, and you know in the dream, like I was interacting with them, they didn't know who I was, so I would ask them questions. And I would say, but don't you know that you've got the capacity to do this? And I could see the signs of that greatness, but the greatness wasn't coming out, or it came out at a very low level because no one ever pushed them. And it was my assignment to push them. Now, in the same way, you find if perhaps someone else had that dream and it was me instead, uh, there are certain aspects I would have never reached had someone not pushed me or identified certain things. And it starts with the simple things. For example, I had to have that Sunday school teacher who pushed me in front because she saw that I was a good public speaker. The first time I was ever put to speak in public at church, I was five years old and I was put to give a testimony on behalf of the Sunday school and I stammered like crazy. The very next week she put me again because she saw that I was a good public speaker. That's how my confidence was built. The very next week. I, would ha <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. Um, I remember one time when I was about to skip a certain grade, um, one of the senior teachers thought I was too young to be in that grade. So I remember that day, was, it was one of the strangest days of my life. I woke up in grade three, then I was taken to grade four, then I was brought back to grade three, then I was in limbo, and then I ended the day in grade four. And I think I found the grade fours were having a test, and I got zero. <laughs> but the headmistress insisted that I was bored at a smaller grade and I needed a challenge. The headmistress over insisted. Now, it means 
<laughs> it means if I'm to look at the timeline of my life, had I been delayed, it means let's say I don't get to go to Unza, that means I don't meet certain people, so that people I don't impact and people don't impact me. It means I'm like a year behind, then there's this, then there's that, then there's that. So many things calculated. <laughs> it means first day of grade 8, I don't meet Shemaya, right? Because he would have been grade 8. We met first day of grade 8, by the way. So first day of grade 8, I don't meet him, right? It means I don't meet that one, I don't meet that one, I don't meet... It, you just never know how there are certain things that... There are certain people you had to meet. There is an aspect of grace that God gives other men the ability to unlock in you. There are certain aspects of yourself. Listen, Elisha would have remained famine. Elisha had to meet Elijah. The prophet in Elisha came out because he met Elijah. And no matter how good his heart is, and God recognized how great what was on David's heart is. David would have remained, would have remained playing Kankuluwale with the sheep and the goats. <laughs> David had to meet Samuel. If David doesn't meet Samuel, there's a problem. Ruth had to meet Naomi. Interestingly, Ruth first had to meet her first husband. <laughs> and then through her first husband, meet Naomi. And then somehow she found herself in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus. Because she had to follow Naomi. Ruth doesn't follow Naomi. We do, right now we don't. Who's Ruth? Notice, Lot separates from Abraham. It dries up. He ended up being fathering. Uh, he ended up being intoxicated by his daughters. And they gained babies out of him. In a mountain in Moab. That's what happened with Lot. He separated from the wrong person. There are certain people you had to meet. Someone would say, God would have still made a way. What if that was the way he chose? <laughs> who are you to decide for God? There are certain people who are the way that God has chosen. And that's when you realize that not everyone is easily replaceable. Both those under you, those above you, those on your side. Some friendships have told you, fight for them. <laughs> Some friendships should be fought for. Some relationships should be fought for. Some marriages, you should fight for them. There are some listening to me, you, you have to fight for that marriage. Because some people don't know just how miserable they would have been had they not married the person they've married. And the problem is that they've been so the fantasy on TV. That's the problem. They've been so the fantasy on TV. And they don't know how to run a home. They don't realize that the biggest thing, people think sometimes the biggest thing about marriage is you're admiring each other the whole day. The biggest thing about marriage. That's what some people think. So in their, they've been so the dream. So if someone gets married because they look nice together on photos, you think you'd be admiring your photo album the whole day? The biggest thing about marriage is decision making. You, two cannot walk together unless they agree. You spend, that's the biggest thing about marriage. You spend most of it agreeing. That's why there's a lot of divorce. Because people just can't agree on certain aspects. And then they'll call them irreconcilable differences. It's usually the ability to agree. There are certain things, there are certain aspects of grace that needed your department head to bring out of you. 
There are certain aspects, and interestingly, some aspects of grace needed that boss who was not a very good boss at your workplace. He brought out that hard work I knew because there are certain aspects of grace that are brought about because the Israelites were oppressed. It brought out a Moses. I don't know if you're hearing me. Because the lion and the bear came to attack a sheep, it brought out a warrior in David. Goliath brought, up, brought out something in David that, um, that John Chimfuembo was never going to bring out of him. It had to be Goliath. The betrayal brought out something in Joseph that no one else was ever going to bring out of him. It's very interesting that I don't, I don't know how best to explain this. That's why I woke up. I woke up in awe of the wisdom of God because there are certain aspects. By the way, I do know that Satan also does manipulate such things. That's why Satan fights divine things. That's why he tries to corrupt them. That's why he also wants you to meet the wrong people. But then the wisdom of God in the steps of the righteous being ordered by the Lord. One day when we get to watch our movie in heaven, you will cry at the manifold wisdom of God. But can I say something? Blessed is he who can discover that before they've left the earth. Blessed is he. <laughs> Blessed is he who can discover that before they've left the earth. They, they, will, they will gain a heart of wisdom. There are other aspects of grace that I'll talk about later. But I tell you, David meets these men and Cassandra touched on it. And let's close with this scripture. David meets these men. Someone would say, Pastor, hey, Shanuko, my life is not about who I meet or who I don't meet. That's lack of humility. And then guess what? He gives more grace to the humble. <laughs> First Samuel 22, verse 1. There's someone I met. I, I, we haven't interacted in a while. But I'll tell you this. The reason I... The first time I, we hadn't interacted in a long time. And that's why it's, it's a lesson that I think I've also just been trying to teach myself. And it's something that I believe we should all learn. Just be very calculated in how you survey relationships. It's better it's even on neutral or it's on blank. You might actually need that person one day. <laughs> I remember there was someone who was under me. Then, you know, they, they went quiet and life moved on. And then, I'm in South Africa one time and I'm flying from... Uh, Mafikeng to Johannesburg. And then my flight from Johannesburg to Lusaka is not connected to my flight from Mafikeng to Johannesburg. I reach the airport in Mafikeng and they say, the plane has delayed. And I'm thinking, but I've got another flight. We are sorry. Are you able to call the other airline? It's not in our jurisdiction. And then next thing, I'm being taken to the VIP room and people are coming for prayer. And, and so maybe the flight was delayed. So oh, they're, they're thinking. And you know the first thing you start thinking? Sometimes... We missed the answered prayer. The first thing I was thinking is, who can I call? Because you must always, your phone book is very important. People shouldn't just need you. You should also have people you need sometimes. And so I just thought, who can I call? And I remembered, wait. <laughs> Made a phone call. And the person said, okay, fine. Just don't tell anyone. And that's how they changed my flight to, to 19 hours. <laughs> And before I knew it, I just began to manifest the miraculous power of God. <laughs> Meaning, I had to meet that person. If I didn't meet them, 
I would have had a challenge. I don't know if you're hearing me. I would have had a challenge. And sometimes you'll find it funny that some of the people who might bring you the most opportunities are people you don't even like. You find you argue, you argue, but secretly they admire you. They even send people to you. Do you know that there are people who've invited people to this church and they don't even come? But they say, if you need the power of God, that's the church you go to. <laughs> they don't even come themselves. <laughs> so it says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to meet to him. I'm glad his brothers changed their heart, right? Verse 2. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 men with him. I want you to imagine how bad that was. From a leadership perspective, can you imagine you're given 400 people to lead? They all don't have money. Instead, they're owing. And then all those people are in distress. They are discontented. What fights do you think used to break out among them? That's the side of leadership that we don't get to see. Because he was literally leading a bunch of hooligans. That's how they were considered, a bunch of hooligans, right? Then let's look at something that changed as he continued to lead them. He became their captain. First Samuel chapter 23, verse 3. But David's men, hey, suddenly they're no longer being called those discontented, those people in debt, those this. What are they being called now? David's men. And what did they say? Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more if we go to Kelia against the armies of the Philistines? At least now they've graduated, but they are still afraid. Let's look at 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. What happens one chapter, one, one, one whole book later? Second Samuel 23 and verse 8. What does it say? These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. They moved from those in distress to men to mighty men. And then there are certain things these mighty men did. There's one guy who handled 800 men at one time. Let's go on. <laughs> After him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo. The Ahauhite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defiled the Philistines who were gathered for battle. Next verse. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to his sword. Spiritually, you know, we're also supposed to have those. You know, those who are just doing warfare such that <laughs> the sword and their hand have become one. I don't know if you're hearing me. The Lord brought out a great victory that day and the people returned after him only to plunder. Next one. Aha. Uh -huh. After him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Harite. And then this guy did massive stuff. Next one. Let's have one more. He stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it and killed the Philistines. These guys seem to have done even more than David. If you keep reading, there are some, you realize that David only had to handle one Goliath. But there was not just one giant. But these guys actually seem to have done more than David. Remember those who, when David asked for water, they went and broke through a camp just to bring him water. They seemed to have done even more exploits than David, but those exploits in them were only brought out because they met David. May your eyes never fail to see your teachers. May your eyes never fail to see your teachers. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
when maybe when I come back, we'll look at how grace can increase. Because you can it can increase. And there are some things you can do to increase it. Praise God. Now, some of you have been saying, I want to get saved, I want to get my act right together with God, but God, I'm waiting for a sign. In Romans chapter 10, the Bible tells us that how will they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? So the sign you are waiting for is standing right in front of you right now. That's why I've been sent as a servant of God to help you to get your life in order with God. So if you're listening to me and you know your life has not been in order with God, you need to be born again. Don't confuse being religious for being saved. You can tell you're born again by how you live. You can tell. It's one of the signs. It says you shall know them by their fruits. You can tell. Some of us may have perhaps made a decision to go the right path, but we deviated. We still have a mandate to restore you. So perhaps for some it may be a rededication. For some, maybe you want to give your life to Christ today. Whatever the case, I would want you to raise your hand and raise it high. Don't say you do it from your seat. I would rather you come to the front. So raise your hand right now and just raise it high. I'll give you a minute. And then I'm seeing the hands. I see the hand. Is there anybody else? And then for those who are watching, there's a form that you're supposed to fill in. That that's the decision you're making. Is there anybody else apart from our wonderful sister over there who wants to give their life to Christ or rededicate their life to God today? Just raise your hand high. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood. Wonderful. Just raise your hands. Raise your hands and say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. Amen. Ministers, lay hands on each of them to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's just do it in a minute. So, a minister per person. Now, in the name of Jesus, you can take your seats. I pray for you all. Let the grace of God be manifold in your life. Let grace be manifold in your life. Let this manifold grace of God be manifest in the name of Jesus. This is your week of wisdom. Your eyes see your teachers. They also see those who are not for you. This is that week where questions are answered, where insight is given, where foresight is given. In Jesus' name, you are preserved. You are well. Amen. wow what a service i have been so blessed and i know you have been too may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you you can reach the city of the lord church on zero triple seven nine three zero eight eight two if you are unable to call you can email us on the city of the lord zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.